This is Jessica, and you're listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. This is your host, KK, with my special guest, Jessica, who is a medical student, yoga teacher, health educator, and student mental health advocate. She's also a YouTuber. Uh, her channel is called The Medical Edit, and she has a podcast with the same name that can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Jessica is here today to record our first episode, and I thought I'd do things a little bit differently because she um, doesn't really know a lot about the space and she's just a friend that agreed to come on and do this recording with me. Um, so she's actually going to be interviewing me for, for you guys to find out what my first deal is about. So thank you so very much for inviting me on the podcast, KK. And in honor of the first deal show, we start off with the first kiss segment where you ask a couple of questions. So the first question is going to be, what was the first album you ever bought? The first album I ever bought was a boy band from like 1999 called Dream Street. And I don't even know, my friend won tickets to go to Playland in Pennsylvania and then we went to go see the band. And I think I bought their album there. Oh, really? I've never heard of them. Yeah, they, were, they weren't like super big time. But they had like this one song. It happens every time. And it was like, it happens every time when I'm with you. <laughs> Are you sure? That's not the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> no, I'm sure. There's a song. Um, I'll have to send it to you afterwards. But yeah, they were, I don't know. They were popping back then. 402, let us know if you've heard of this band and if you also bought their album. Um, so now we're segueing into our second question. So since we're talking about real estate, what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? So there wasn't anything in particular that held me back. I actually started reading and educating myself. And then a year into it, I bought my first property it was buying the second investment property that I felt like after the first one, it was like, okay, great. I know how to do this. And then the fear of failing or messing up really got to me because I got a really nice deal that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but I just thought, wow, this, I can't do this again. Like, and then I tried looking for properties in upstate New York and it was just really tough because I wasn't there and I got scared. And so that threw me off the ledge and I kind of stopped looking into the real estate stuff at all. So the thing that held me back was fear and just kind of getting into my own head that, you know, even though I did it once, I don't know if I can do it again. This is a bonus question. So where were you investing property and in? you'd mentioned upstate New York. Can you talk us a little to us a little bit more about like what markets you were looking at? Yeah. So I started off in Florida because I was living in Florida and because I lived there, it was a lot easier you know, I could go to the property, I can see them. And that was like my focus. And then 
once I bought the first one, I'm like, yeah, I've done this. Now I'm going to go back to New York and go back to school. And so I thought, oh, I'll, has I'll house hack, which basically means that I buy a property, live in it, and then rent out the other rooms. And so when I was looking in New York, upstate New York is very different from New York City and the properties are more affordable. And the problem is that they're very old. So in Florida, a lot of properties are built in the 70s and newer, whereas in New York State, properties could be as old as the 1900s. I mean, they're very old. And then that made me realize that I don't know that I want to purchase properties in the Northeast just because the houses are older. So my markets now that I look at are the Southeast and basically just the Southeast because things are built newer and they have a lot friendlier landlord laws. Nice. Um, so segueing into our third question, what is something you learned or did during the pandemic that others may not know about you? So I'm a teacher full time and part of the pandemic required us to close. I really didn't think that they were going to close the schools um, here in New York just because we are one of those places where tons of people, parents especially, rely on their kids being in school that they can go to work. And I remember being in class and they made the announcement like the end of the day that, oh, the kids are not coming in tomorrow and we are going to come in for three days and then we're remote 100%. So during the pandemic, I mean, I was familiar with Google Classroom, but I never had to use it like every day. And through that process, I got really my technology skills as far as teaching remotely got a lot better. Um, I learned how to, I actually learned how much parents really rely on teachers and that as a teacher, we do a lot of stuff in school to help our students and get them ready and to learn. But at home, like, you know, it kind of switched where the parents became more reliant on the teachers. And so they had to step up and it was interesting, the dynamic, you know, and learn just like, Learning to use the tech and then being able to explain that to parents was something that I had to learn and manage. So that was interesting. So now segueing into our fourth question, which is the last one for our first kiss segment. What's your favorite quote? So my favorite quote is your thoughts become things. And I tell everyone that because, um, you know, if you guys have followed in the first, the mindset segment piece, I talk a lot about how it's important to be conscious of what you're thinking and because essentially every day we have a new start and we can become whoever it is that we want to be, but it's the decisions that we make today that will turn us into that person in the future. And so everything that we think now will manifest itself in one way or the other. And so your thoughts become things is like my motto now. And I tell my kids and or my students because it's true. Like, if you want to be a real estate investor, then you need to tell yourself, I'm a real estate investor. Or if you want to be a millionaire, you need to say, I'm a millionaire right now today. Um, because if you are constantly thinking in this mindset of, oh, I don't have enough money or I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, or I'm not good enough, then that's exactly what's going to happen. You kind of stay in this you're going to stay in the same place, right? In your comfort zone. And we want to push ourselves into this growth zone. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree with also the saying that dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. And it puts you in that mindset of like putting yourself in the position that you want to be in. Yeah. Okay. 
right. So now that we've gone through and asked our first kiss segment questions, we're going to go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of this. So tell us all about your very first deal. In 2017, I was, or 2016, I found Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read it and I was like, this is for me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I am a real estate investor. And then I spent the year like looking through deals. I found a realtor and then she would send me things and I would analyze all of those deals. And I was very frugal. Like I had a criteria. I didn't really have a criteria. It was kind of vague. I just knew that I wanted to pay less than market value and I wanted to buy something ASAP, but it took some time. And then I remember in the end of June, we had, or May maybe, we found something. Um, It was a townhouse, two bedroom, one and a half bath, and it was on the market for $60,000. The um, owners were trying to rehab it, but they didn't want the headache anymore or like, you know, parts of it were done, parts were undone. So we saw the place the day that it got listed. And then my ex at the time, he said, well, let's put in an offer 5000 above asking because they're more likely to take it versus if we just go at the asking price. And then we offered them cash, $65,000, and they accepted the offer. And so from there, it was like, boom, boom, boom. We got the place inspected. And then um, pretty soon after we, we like paid them and then we had the keys. I think it was like June or July 10th, we closed on the place and then we like packed up all of our stuff. And I think we moved in maybe one or two weeks later and we had to rehab the place, but we did most of the work ourselves. So like painting, we redid all the floors or the upstairs. Um, we pulled out carpet and put in LVP and the property actually was worth I want to say between 85,000 and 90. So when we bought it, it was really, you know, it was like a great deal. Like they these people just wanted to get rid of it and get rid of it fast and we wanted to buy. It. Like we and that wasn't the first place. Like there were several places we put in offers and we just didn't get them because of, you know, it's just one of those things where it takes time and nothing happens overnight and this property, we had already gone through several different offers that we got denied or rejected, and this one was taken, and it just worked out. It was close to our jobs. Yeah, after that, I was like, oh, I love this. I want to keep doing this, and I want to do more of it, um, but I wasn't super educated as far as knowing how I could use the equity in the property at the time, and I also was fearful because, I don't know, I just kind of got in my own head, and I think it's important to recognize like who you're surrounding yourself with because if people don't believe in you, um, it can really make you not believe in yourself. And that was something that I struggled with is that, you know, I believed in this and I'm like, this is great. Like we're going to be able to buy more properties after this. But because the people I was surrounding myself with didn't think that it was really hard on me. And so that kind of held me back from like trying to do it again. And then I think that's part of the reason why I went back to school because I really didn't think that it would work. And then I tried to do it in upstate New York. And then that just further threw me down the spiral of like, oh, no, this isn't real. Like, I can't do this. And so I, I relied on school as a means to, like, escape something new that I had tried and done successfully. But I was just afraid of doing it again because 
I thought, well, no one else seems to think that I can do it. And so I didn't. <laughs> and then it, it took, you know, like post or during the pandemic, at the end of the pandemic, I'm like, well, teaching's pretty easy. I'm kind of over it and I want another challenge in my life. And then I surrounded myself with the right people, people who are actively doing it, who I've seen grow and scale their businesses um, over time, right? Like over five, three, four, five years. And I was like, if I had just been doing it consistently, I could have done the same thing. But the problem is, you know, if you're with people who don't see it and they don't have that same vision and then you kind of get sucked into their um, their crabbiness. So I was reading this book and she was talking about how like in a water tank, if you have a bunch of crabs um, if and there's one crab trying to escape, the other crabs will literally try to pull all the crabs back in. And I was like, wow, that's so true. Like when you're with people who think a certain way and you're trying to kind of come outside of that water tank, they could pull you right back in. And so I, I didn't understand how important it is to be around the right people. But now I see that and that you know, there are people who want to lift you up and there's always going to be people that want to bring you down. So yeah, my first deal, it was really great. The house actually, I got a postcard in the mail saying, you know, this is a realtor who wants to sell the property. And he sold one of the same properties in the same lot for 195000 And I'm like, whoa, this is like doubled, more than doubled in value since we purchased it four or five years ago at this point. So yeah, I'm probably going to end up selling it soon and taking that money to invest somewhere else. So give us a little bit more detail. You've said that you bought it for 65000 How much did you invest in fixing up the house in general? So what was your total investment? Yeah, so I think we ended up putting about 5000 into it. Um, oh. I, yeah, because maybe a little more, maybe between five and 7000 So we had to buy paint and painted all the rooms. We for the flooring, that was our biggest expense. I think I spent about between three and five. I can't remember now. And then I did the not so smart thing and I actually got a contractor I found off of Craigslist. And so this guy, you know, there was a cheapo guy and then we got like different um, quotes. And I remember this one guy came to the property and I did what all these like videos and people online say, they're like, call all the contractors, have them all come at the same time. And then they like all shut up, which is not typical. Usually it's like one or two guys. So they all came. And then I felt really awkward about the whole situation. So I said to them like, okay, uh, I staggered them. I didn't even tell them to come at the same time. And I remember like going one by one through each guy. And this one guy who came in his nice fancy truck and, you know, wanted to school me, said something along the lines, well, you know, here, dear, this, you know, you could hire me and you're going to pay up the wazoo or you you know if you're on a budget like just go with that cheap guy because like that's all you can afford and I thought what the why the hell would I ever hire you if you're going to talk to talk down to me and make me feel bad about calling all these people at the same time like he didn't even want to look at it and give me a quote just because I called more than one contractor we ended up going with the cheap guy and it was just so strange that whole experience because we got all the wood right? Because there was a deck in the back and there was some wood rot. So he had to redo that. We go to Lowe's and I paid maybe $500 in materials. And I just remember me and my ex couldn't stay there at the property. So we both go to work. And then I came back from work or came back during lunch and he had his truck loaded with pieces of wood. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. Doesn't look like 
not anything has changed. Um, what did this guy do? So <laughs> I don't think he redid any of the flooring. And I think he just took the wood and used it on another project that he needed. He stole your wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, not smart. Always have someone there at the site checking to make sure that they're actually working on your project and not just stealing materials because they do that. And I, I regret, I don't regret it, but I learned now that when he showed me pictures of work he'd previously done, one of the projects wasn't finished and it didn't connect for me that like, oh, this is the wood that we're ordering for his project. Like it wasn't stuff for our, the house, you know, like, but anyways, I, you know, foolishly just thought, okay, whatever, like this guy's going to do right by me. It's fine. And so we actually had them paint, I think the hallway and some other place in the apartment. Um, And then I ended up paying him maybe like $800 for everything. So with materials, maybe like $1,500. And then I think we like... And me, and then we might have changed the windows. I can't remember, but yeah, that's it. That we didn't have to do a lot of work on it. And oh my gosh, I did all the flooring. I actually was teaching at the time. I had one of my students lend me his power tools so I could like cut pieces of flooring. That was awesome because it made it go by faster. Because I can't imagine having to saw everything myself. And yeah, it was uh, it was a good experience. I had a lot of people like from work and stuff that I could ask questions about like if I'm doing it right and they were super helpful. So yeah, I don't think we spend more than $7,000 and then so total cost in what like 7,200 and then the place was valued at 90. So I think pretty good deal. And now it's, you know, hundred thousand dollars over what it used was worth. Um, so yeah, this, you know, that first, uh, the first one was not bad. It was, uh, it was a slam dunk, if you ask me. It sounds like it. If, if there's anything that you could do to go back and maybe perfect it a little bit more, uh, what sort of advice would you give your then self now? I would say don't go with the, the Craigslist guy and go with a contractor who has somewhat of a reputation or get um, referrals, talk to other investors, right? Because even with this podcast, I like you have experience podcasting and you already gave me some suggestions. And sometimes it's hard or you might, or I felt embarrassed, like talking to other investors about this stuff. You know, I thought, oh, I know everything. I bought my first deal. But really the value comes from being honest with people and frank that like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, any advice that you have, I'd really appreciate so just telling myself that, that like be vulnerable and honest with people and they will help you. That wraps up the show. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much, Jessica, for coming out. Um, if you guys are interested in listening to and learning about students in medical school or have any sort of interest in, you know, mental health, that all that jazz, Jessica's podcast is great. She brings on some awesome guests to her show. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening or watching The First Deal Show. I'm excited for you to buy your first investment property. If this show has helped you in any way, I ask that you share it with someone.